Good Saturday morning, and welcome back to Asset Protection Today on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Jason Kong, and alongside me, Attorney Bill Alexander, sporting a, a very fine seersucker suit on a Saturday morning, Bill. You're way overdressed. <laughs> well, it is the first uh, weekend in June. It's amazing that uh, the, the, the you know time just seems to go so fast, uh, but the fact that it's already June just sort of blows my mind. This but you know, seersucker by. is appropriate in June. So it is. There we go. It is. You uh, <laughs> you look great. I'm, I'm very jealous. You, you're pulling it off very well, but uh, we're going to uh, touch on two very important topics, and they kind of go hand in hand, and that's health and wealth. Absolutely. Um, truthfully, I think uh, uh, between the two, health is, is far more important uh, to overall uh goodwill and happiness but um, but they but they actually go hand in hand and that's what what I want at least I wanted to start off talking up about uh, how they relate to each other uh, it's it's really uh, sort of amazing to me um, but but the uh, one of the things about health and wealth that um, um, makes a big difference is simply longevity. How long do we live? And of course, uh, most folks would say, and I certainly am an advocate, is that it's not really uh, how long you live in terms of years, it's how long you live in terms of good years, mm-hmm. uh, in good health, uh, where you can do the things that you want to do and enjoy life and enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, those kind of things. And um, but but one of the things, uh, one of the things that a lot of seniors worry about, quite frankly, and it's legitimate, is running out of money. And so, I mean, there are those who don't have to worry about running out of money, but uh, most families, it's a fairly large concern. And uh, the the thing about it is, people need to understand that we are living longer. Uh, and because of that, we need to put more money back, um, and we want, hopefully, to be doing those things that keep us uh, in good health as well. Because the healthier we are, the less we have to spend on health care, which is one of the biggest drags on wealth. <laughs> so, uh, and so it. Uh, well, okay. So let's talk about longevity. Just in terms of average life expectancies for both men and women, uh, average life expectancies today are early 80s. But here's the thing where it really gets you. As you get older, and if you're still in good health, it simply means that your life expectancy is longer. And so for those folks uh, who reach age 65 or more, and they're still in good health, in other words, they have, they're not sick uh, and they haven't had significant uh, health issues such as a, a significant cancer scare. Mm-hmm. I think any kind of cancer is significant, but I mean, the bottom line is you've, you've reached 65 and you haven't had a cancer scare, you haven't had a heart attack, you haven't uh, had issues, um, or and there are a lot of other, diabetes, uh, other issues like that. Um, but the bottom line is you, you reach that age and your life expectancy now would be the mid to high 80s, not 
early 80s. And this is for both men and women. And uh, actually, uh, half of the seniors who reach 65 uh, in good health will actually live beyond that. And so the average... Uh, is high 80s, but, you know, more than half will actually live into the very late 80s and 90s and mm. beyond that. So, you know, what that means is that you got to have enough savings to be able to deal with, with uh, longevity. And again, uh, health is a, a big issue. Well, uh you know, obviously, I think we all know, uh, how, how do we stay healthy? There are two words. Diet and exercise. There we go. That's right. <laughs> okay. No big mystery. So we know, we, we know the secret, mm-hmm. but we're not real good. At <laughs> <laughs> Hard to get off the couch sometimes. Uh, well, I, I mean, uh, it's, it's sort of like this. You know, in, in January, when we're doing our reassessments and, okay, we're going to uh, have our, our resolutions on improving our life, um, most of us will at least resolve to eat better and get off the couch mm-hmm. and, you know, move the body around a little bit. And so, but, you know, at least for me, and I, I don't, uh, you know, I suspect I'm not that dissimilar to a lot of folks. I mean, there are folks who are really good at getting to the gym and, or just exercising, um, but that's probably my downfall. But in January, guess what? It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard, at least for me, to, to get outside and walk every day or, or you know, do the stuff that, that you would, uh, you know, whether it's bicycling, walking, running, uh, you know, doing it outdoors is not something that's necessarily easy to do. Uh, of course, I, that's why the gyms fill up, I think, um, uh, in, in January. But at this point in, uh, of the year, I don't have any excuse. The, <laughs> <laughs> the weather is beautiful. And, and so other, other than maybe uh, suffering a little rain occasionally, but that's actually uh, pretty nice. So uh, the, the bottom line is I have no excuse at this point. Now, at least for me, I, I eat pretty, pretty well. Uh, my diet is good, but my exercise habits are not near what they should be. Uh, and I'll admit it, and I, I, I will – I try to do better. Um, but the bottom line is, what do you think the biggest issue is for uh, your health? In other words, what's the, the thing that affects your overall health more than anything else? Uh, I would say either mental state or your, your heart, heart health. Well – Close in okay. both both it's stress. Stress, okay, okay. Stress has a more of a negative impact uh, on your overall health than any other single factor. Now, obviously, uh, you know, good genes and all that kind of stuff does make a difference. No question about it. But uh, you know, stress does uh, a lot of things to folks. You know, for some. Um, it makes them uh, – they eat more, mm-hmm. uh, they diet less uh, or, or, you know, what, whatever. Uh, and, and stress just can overtake you. Well, what do you think is the biggest issue with stress for most families? Oh, boy. Uh, money. 
of course. There you go. Okay, now we're into it. So uh, <laughs> what, what it boils down to is this is where health and wealth intersect uh, in, mm-hmm. in a big way. Right. Okay, so the less money issues you have, guess what? The less stress mm-hmm. you have because your ability to pay your bills, you know, keep your mortgage payment up – uh, not having to worry about your car being repossessed, <laughs> you know, all of those issues uh, make a big difference. But obviously, if your finances are good, then there tends to be less stress. Now, obviously, there are other factors that can stress you out. It might be job-related. It might be, uh, uh, you know, marriage-related, whatever. But the bottom line is is that – Health and wealth go together. Um, so uh, uh, it's and it's so important to understand that. Now, as as it relates to wealth over time, there's a real easy secret to it. Now, obviously, Jason, you have been perfect so far in terms of answering my secret questions. Um, so, what? Over time is the secret to wealth. Oh boy, how about <laughs> how about uh, it's not your habits? financial advisor. It's not. It's that. not. Oh it's, man, no. how about uh, saving habits and uh, compound interest? Actually, no. Well, saving. That's saving. it. Okay. You know, see, you're still a hundred percent so right. far. So it's saving, and so uh, putting a savings plan into place mm-hmm. early is extraordinarily important. Uh, here's another little tidbit. You know, I, I tell this to grandparents all the time, you know, one of the things to help a child start saving early is to help them create a Roth savings account, a Roth IRA, as soon as they start working. Why? Because you can't contribute to a Roth until you have earned income, i.e. you got to work. <laughs> And most young people might earn a few thousand dollars when the, you know a year when they start working, and it's an easy way for a parent or grandparent to really get their children off right because the money that that you put away early is ten times more important than money that you put away in your mid thirties or forties. Right. So the more you can put away early, the more meaningful that will be for you down the road. But saving is the biggest secret. You know, people, sometimes, um, and it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's how you live. It's living below your means. You know, that's one of the, the issues, I think, for a lot of millennials. They want to keep up with their neighbors, with their friends, uh, and they feel obligated to spend money or, worst case, borrow money that they can't afford to pay back easily. And so guess what? They have no savings. And that is a killer. But, you know, we hear all the time of, you know, a school teacher or a nurse, uh, someone who hasn't made a whole lot of money during their lifetime, uh, they die and they leave leave three or four million dollars to uh, the hospital or to the, the college or, or something in it. And it's like... Well, we know they didn't inherit it, so how'd they get it? Well, it's real simple. They saved money every paycheck, uh, and they live below their means. Easy secrets. Now, uh, the other piece is, um, 
you know, what makes exercise easier? I mean, in terms of is there one factor that can help, you know, motivate you to get exercise? Now, you're 100% so far, oh, Jason. Boy. So that, now on. you're really putting the pressure on, Bill. How about a routine or uh, building the habits? Mm, okay, that's part of it. You're... But the thing that really makes a difference is if somebody comes knocking on your door at 630 in the morning. Okay. So, i.e., a partner. Gotcha. Um, and and so it makes it so much easier because you can't say no mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point, not unless you're you know sick or something like that. In other words, um, you, you've got someone that you feel obligated to partner with and to get your exercise. So the bottom line is, if you have somebody that in essence, and I'm not really necessarily talking about your spouse, although that works too, but someone who's expecting you to be up and ready to go at at an, uh, at an hour where you can get your exercise in. So that's a, a huge factor. And, and for a lot of us, if we don't have a partner, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find an excuse not to do it. And the same thing's true with money. Um, in other words, if you have a partner, if you will, to uh, talk to about how to get things done and encourage you to do it. It's like a coach, if you will. Right. That makes a big difference, too. Yeah. Someone to hold you accountable in both respects is very helpful. We will continue our conversation on health and wealth. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I am Jason Kong, and a reminder that you can always find information about Bill at WGALaw.com. And Bill, we're having a good discussion this morning about health and wealth. These two are, are tied together, and there's lots of uh, uh, correlations between the two. Okay. Now, here's here's another question for you, Jason. Okay. I mean, you do, you've done really well this morning. And, of course, I, I suspect that, that most of the folks listening have done fairly well on my test. But here's a good one. What do you think is the uh, most important um, factor that makes you age faster? Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, is would this fall under stress again? You're right. There right, you go. go. Give the man an A plus. Yes. It's stress. So, uh, you know, and I know this is real important to all the ladies out there, but you know, there are a lot of vain men too that don't like the concept no. of getting older. Um, but the bottom line is that again, stress is the biggest factor in causing you to age faster. And, you know, in in my business as an elder law attorney, it's something that I observe all the time. I'll I'll have people who come into the office and they will look like they're in their 50s and they'll actually be in their late 70s or early 80s. Wow. Or vice versa. Mm -hmm. I'll see somebody that by appearance looks like they're in their mid to late 80s and I find out they're in their early 60s. And it's and it just blows my mind in terms of the difference. Now again, part of it are good genes, bad genes, and those kind of things. But 
The biggest factor is stress. And so obviously the things that you can do to uh, reduce stress is, is huge. So anyway, there are some things. Now, to the degree that wealth is a stressor, there are things that you can start early to uh, make a huge difference in terms of uh, stressors as it relates to wealth. So what are they? Well, one of the easiest ways to save is to automate the savings, okay? In other words, you're, you have an automatic draft mm-hmm. from your uh, checking account right after you get paid <laughs> to go into a savings account or to an investment account of, of some uh, sort. Same thing's true, uh, you know, they uh, will tell you in terms of investing. If you're uh, buying um, shares of stock or mutual funds, that you can invest the same amount of money into that uh, investment uh, every payday. And that's actually a pretty good um, way to invest. Uh, and it's meaningful over time if, if you do that. But you have to do it every payday, right. not, not just <laughs> when you think you have a little extra money. Mm-hmm. See, that's the biggest problem for most. It's sort of like, well, I'll start saving when I have enough money to support my uh, lifestyle. <laughs> and that's the r- wrong approach. Uh, there are also some other easy ones for those who are working and younger. And that has to do with breakfast and lunch choices. Um, you, know, you know, if you go out to eat every day for lunch, um, it gets to be pretty expensive. It's, it's, and the cheaper it is, typically the worse it is for your body. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you're going to a fast food place and spending $5, uh, $5 is more than a lot of folks, uh, you know, that adds up. But but uh, generally, what you're eating is not particularly good for you, and that's you know. And if you're eating healthy, you're generally going to spend seven, eight, nine, ten dollars uh, for lunch. And so, obviously, one of the easiest ways to save money is take your lunch. Uh, don't go out. In other words, uh, fix something healthy that you enjoy, um, and, and take it with you. Uh, Another big savings, uh, and the folks um, at uh, uh, Starbucks is not going to like this, but, (laughs) you know, why spend $5 on a cup of coffee when you can uh, basically make a pot of coffee at at home for a few cents? That's right. Uh, And so uh, the the bottom line is the convenience pieces. um, You know, you know, it's uh, you you know, stop in on your way to work and and buy a biscuit and some coffee or whatever. And guess what? Bad for your health uh, because and it's expensive. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is just that five dollar cup of coffee. If you made it at home, you would save over a thousand dollars a year. By not doing that, As, and that just sort of blows your mind when you think about how expensive it is um, for you to live that way. And it's so simple not to do that. So um, that 
is, uh, you know, breaking those habits in terms of breakfast and lunch uh, is absolutely huge in terms of what a young person could do to help save money uh, and and put it back. It's not just a matter of saving it. It's a matter of putting it back because our young people are going to be living longer than we live. That's right. You know, they did a – uh, the life insurance folks did a study back in 2013, which was uh, published uh, in April of 2013, which says the kids born today of parents with really good genes on both sides um, uh, are expected to live to be 120. Wow. Now, you think about that. That means that if you're 70 and you retire – You've got 50 years of life expectancy. Well, who's going to – where's the money going to come from? Mm-hmm. It's certainly not going to be Social Security. Mm-hmm. You know, that might pay for most of your health care costs, maybe. But that means you have to have enough money back to support yourself for many, many years. And so, okay, you only live to be 110. Well, that's 40 years or 100. That's 30 years. And the bottom line is you can't just assume, oh, I'm going to die at 80, so I only need 10 years or 12 years or so of, of uh, savings in order to, to take care of my lifestyle. Well, that's just not in the cards anymore. So it's the kind of thing where folks really do have to pay attention. And the other thing, uh, when it, whether it relates to money – or to uh, exercise is the buddy system. It really can make a huge difference in terms of your overall choices and how you do it. Now, the other thing, too, is, uh, at least from my experience, is uh, most people, as they grow up, are one of two types. They're either savers or spenders. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And those habits don't change a whole lot. And so obviously, if you and your spouse don't agree on your spending habits and saving habits, um, that's a big stressor in at least one person's life, if not both, uh, and can cause a lot of marital discord. So, you know, the buddy system actually applies to your spouse as well in terms of basically being able to talk about money uh, and to the degree that you're, you know, polar opposites in terms of spenders and savers, both people have to compromise a good bit to, to make that, that work. So, uh, you know, life is full of compromises, and, that, <laughs> and so and marriage is full of compromises, too. That's the truth, Bill. That is, that is certainly the truth. So, you know, just, just some food for thought. I thought it would be fun to talk about stuff like that. That is uh, very interesting and because, you know, they're two very important things, and uh, it's, it's just very interesting to see how – Good habits in one area of, of maybe health or wealth can sort of translate into the other. That's a fascinating topic. We, we will continue our conversation in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good morning to you. I'm Jason Kong, and alongside me, as always, the man whose name is in the program, Bill Alexander. Bill, I want to remind everyone that they can catch you on Money Secrets tomorrow morning on CW22 at 8 a.m. 
a fun TV show, and uh, it's something that they can either catch live or maybe hit record series on their DVR. Well, I don't, I don't know if you would call it fun. It's fun for me, but what, <laughs> whether it's fun for the viewer, I don't know. But, but I do enjoy that, and it, and it, I think uh, that folks can get uh, some jewels, if you will, uh, from uh, from from that show. It's a little different in terms of focus uh, from asset protection today, although. Uh, my focus, even on the show, is uh, keeping preserving what you have. You know, it's it really is uh, for me asset protection uh, from a different perspective. But um, uh, and that's one of the reasons I enjoy this show so much. It allows me to talk about asset protection in a lot of different ways, um, and it's it's a lot of fun for me. So yeah, I would encourage folks to to um, either tune it in or or to uh, uh, record it for later viewing. That's right. And uh, Bill, we're going to get on to a new subject now of estate planning. And this has been in the news a little bit with some proposals from the uh, the president. But uh, this is something that has really evolved over the past few decades as well. Well, it's, it's sort of like this. Uh, estate planning has changed in a lot of different ways. And, and people... Uh, need to realize uh, that, but part of it's just natural. Their their objectives are different from what they were uh, years ago. Uh, and I have, I've, I mean, I've been practicing law for the, this is my forty first year, and I've I've seen the change in uh, my own practice and in people's uh, focus in terms of what they're trying to accomplish when they come to see us. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I have evolved as an attorney in terms of my own focus, in terms of helping people. Um, but years ago, uh, the, the primary focus uh, for most families, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say rich families, but just ones that were doing fairly well, uh, their biggest concern was that their children would have to pay a state tax. Uh, and back when I started doing estate tax planning, the exemption amount was only $600,000. And so there were an awful lot of what I would call middle-class families that actually had an estate tax problem. The majority of, of working folks actually did have to worry about whether the government was going to take away a bunch of money that they wanted to go to their children. Uh, and even back then, uh, their spouse, because there was a tax even uh, on what you left to your spouse. Um, now, that went away. <laughs> and, and today, uh, as long as you're a U.S. citizen, you can leave an unlimited amount to your spouse with no taxation. Uh, but uh, in terms of, uh, of a state tax or income tax, as far as, as that goes. But when you leave property to your children, there can be, or grandchildren, there can be tax as it relates uh, to that. But not for most of us anymore. You know, estate tax issues have pretty much gone away for 99% of us because the exemption for a state tax, federal estate tax, is $5.49 million, almost $5.5 million for each of us 
So that leaves most of us out. <laughs> okay, we don't have to worry about that. Um, and so, uh, but that was the big driver. That was the red flag that uh, basically put most of the folks in my office 25 years ago hmm. uh, to do estate tax planning so that they didn't have to worry about, uh, if they did a good job of it anyway, and we did. Um, that their kids would not have to pay uh, a state tax. But today, the focus is very, very different. Now, there are families, and we represent families that need to worry about a state tax. Uh, we still do tax planning as it relates to that, but uh, and we do a good job with it. But the focus, at least from my perspective, other than just the general, I want to control the property that we have created, I want to control my legacy, and I want to give it to whom I want to give it, when I want to give it to them, and how I want to give it to them. So that's always been true. Uh, people like the concept of not having to pay the courthouse or the government. Mm -hmm. In other words, there are an awful lot of folks that will tell you, I, I definitely want to avoid probate. I don't want all those costs. And I don't want to pay the government anything in tax. <laughs> and uh, But from my perspective, it's not about estate tax. It's about income tax. And so how do I leave my property in the most tax-advantaged way to my children and grandchildren? And there's, there are clearly things that we can do to make sure that happens. And so uh, privacy is another concern in terms of I don't want people to be able to go to the courthouse and look up and see what I own, how I own it, and who gets it upon my death. Well, that's called estate administration and probate. <laughs> and so you can avoid that. Uh, and of course, most folks know that trusts are very useful in doing that. And of course, trusts can be used for many, many, many different things. But those concerns are, are very real for folks and can be accomplished with good estate planning. The other biggie, and it's part of the title of this show, is asset protection planning. How can I protect what I have created during my lifetime? How can I protect it for myself? How can I protect it for my spouse? How can I protect it for my children and grandchildren? And that's that's a huge area. That's why I love the show, and that's why I love this practice of law as it relates to helping people protect their assets. Um, and it's it's a matter of establishing a legacy for many folks, but but it's also a matter of how do we protect our children from the things that can go bad in their lives? And and of course, the the number one concern for most parents is, will my child's marriage last? Okay. Mm -hmm. And secondarily, and just as important, is. How do I make sure that my child's inheritance is kept by my child and, and is not diluted by a divorce? Uh, in other words, keeping the in-laws out of, uh, of the inheritance. And, and so a, a lot of the work that we do revolves around that particular issue, protecting 
the child's inheritance for themselves for the rest of their life. And that's that's huge, and it's really, really important mm-hmm. um, uh, in, in, because – uh, you, you know, we all know the statistics, so I'll ask you. You've been, you've, you're an A plus student at this point. <laughs> how, um, how, how many marriages end in divorce? Uh, the statistic that I hear is roughly around fifty percent. Okay, actually, I, I think <laughs> at least one of my friends would say that's close, but it's probably a little high. And that's because there are certain people that skew the numbers. <laughs> you know, they get, Makes sense. They get yeah. married and divorced three or four times. Yeah. And so, uh, but with that said, that's a pretty scary thing. Uh, and uh, no matter what the real number is, it's too high. Yeah. And and so uh, it it basically means that th- that there is at least uh, a. a a fairly significant uh, possibility that a marriage will not last. And so, um, you know, being able to protect the inheritance for your child is is a really, really important thing. Uh, and, and, that, and that's one reason we enjoy what we do so much. It's, it's important to people, and we can do it, and we do it better uh, than most, in, in my opinion, uh, we do a really good job in terms of making sure that that uh, an inheritance can be kept uh, by uh, their loved ones, uh, and and that's really important to everyone. Absolutely, and if that's something that you want to investigate yourself, I highly recommend that you check out wgalaw.com to find more information now about Bill. We are going to continue our conversation on estate planning, maybe to get into some uh, ideas that you can do for your grandkids and some ideas for educational funding. We'll touch on that in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong, and we're continuing our discussion here on estate planning. And, and Bill, having these plans uh, almost harkens back to what we were talking about earlier with health and wealth and that there, there's habits that you need to create, and it's not just mm-hmm. a, a one-time thing. That These are things you got to keep up with as you go along. Well, no question about it. And so I'm going to keep testing you here, Jason. You've oh, done boy. so I well thought we were morning. done, Bill. No, 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 no. Okay, here's the one. How often do people have their estate planning documents done? What's the average? Oh, boy. How about how, how, every how many years? About once every 20 years. Perfect. Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> I think you've been listening over the last couple of years. I've been taking notes. <laughs> so, uh, um, but here's the point I'm really trying to make. Yes, uh, it's unfortunate uh, for us as planners that uh, most folks put this thing off and they don't really do it um, uh, like they should. You know, we, we procrastinate. And so every 20 years is about what most people do in terms of seeing a planner. But the point I'm really trying to make is that most folks, when they, you know, they, uh, let's just say they, like me, they they go on Medicare. They're at that, that age. They go on Social Security, whatever. Uh, so they're in their late 60s, early 70s, uh, and they think they've, they've done it. They've, they've got a will. They've got a power of attorney. Those kind of things. Uh, those are the ones who think they've got it done. But you know, sometimes uh, the the worst uh, cases are when you know you're right and you're wrong. 
Mm-hmm. And the, the, the point is, is that most seniors have the wrong documents to go in to the later stages of their life. Uh, and it's a health and wealth issue because good estate planning can it can't help you on your health side, but it can help you in preserving your wealth. And at least what I see in my practice is that very few seniors actually have the right documents, the documents that they should have to protect their assets, to be basically be able to um, to do long-term care planning, to be able to do um, planning for their children, but more importantly, themselves in terms of how do we protect what we have from uh, long-term care issues. And there are some good legal ways to do that, uh, which, of course, we do in our office and we see it so much. But the other side of that is financial. Uh, And one of the things that, at least from what I see, is that people's goals, what they're they're focused on, what they want in their life, uh, changes. Uh, when they get into retirement, mm-hmm. you know, and they start thinking about it before they retire and then they retire. And so what I'm really getting at is that their legal documents are generally off. They're not what they should be. And the same thing is true for their financial planning. Uh, often, t- I mean, w- what I'm really getting at is most people uh, who are uh, heading towards retirement or they're already retired they're, they are fairly risk-averse. Right. Uh, you, you know, they want to preserve what they have rather than making that third million dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And, and so, yes, they would like their portfolio to grow. Uh, they would like it in a perfect world. They certainly want to beat inflation, but they're not out to make 10 and 20% a year if it means that their portfolio is at risk of loss. And typically, people don't change their financial strategies either, and their, their legal strategy and their financial strategy doesn't line up. So it, it, it needs – both are really important, and, and they need to line up. Uh, and uh, so it's it's just really important that folks, uh, you know, most folks go into retirement with the same documents they had that they got done 10 or 15 years ago. And sometimes I see that, that folks did their documents uh, a year or two ago, and they're still not right mm-hmm. because they have the same kind of documents that they got when they were in their 40s or early 50s. And, and what I'm really talking about is m- most folks in retirement um, should have something different than a simple power of attorney. They should have something different than a simple I love you will, which most everybody has, you, you know, uh, when they start out until they realize that that may not be the best way to um, actually plan their estate in terms of protecting themselves, protecting their spouse, and protecting their children. It's do you want? In, in other words, most folks have a will that says, "I leave everything to my spouse and then equally to my children." That's what I call an "I love you" will. Well, the bottom line is, or a sweetheart will, and 
for seniors, that's probably not what they should have. Now, I'm not saying that it's not appropriate for uh, everyone. It is appropriate for some families, but it really depends on their financial situation and their health situation. Uh, the less healthy they are, then the, that's a really bad way to have your plan. Yeah. Um, and there's some options that people really don't know about that, that they really need to find out about in order to uh, know uh, and make choices in terms of what's in their best interest. Well, very good. Well, uh, I think we've learned a lot here today, and I've uh, I've, I've passed your your many quizzes, Bill. I'm <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I'm going to walk out of the studio today feeling good. Well, we will uh, be back in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong, and thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday morning. And Bill, we uh, uh, we're about out of time, but we wanted to remind everyone that you've got a seminar coming up uh, on the 14th of this month. Well, a week and a half away, um, and we do our seminars regularly. Uh, we try to do them uh, each month because, and we typically have a pretty good crowd each month. Um, it, the, the seminars are about long-term care, which for seniors is a huge issue. Uh, most seniors need financial assistance, uh, and that's what the seminar is about. You know, uh, it, it, we go through lots of different uh, programs, everything from Medicare. We talk about TRICARE, and that's, uh, you know, we talk about our veterans, but uh, TRICARE is for re- military retirees and their spouses, which is really important. And, the, and it's a little different than most health insurance policies, uh, which is really nice for those who have it. Uh, we talk about veterans' benefits, particularly the Veterans Improved Pension Plan, which is a long-term care reimbursement program. Mm-hmm. We talk about Medicaid at home. We talk about the PACE program, which is a Medicaid program to help people at home. We talk about the special assistance program, which is a Medicaid-like program. It's not Medicaid, but it's a state program for those who are in assisted living. Uh, And then we talk about Medicaid, which, of course, for those who need nursing facility care, uh, it's outrageously expensive. There are very few folks who can actually afford it without assistance. And so we talk about how the you know options that people have, uh, how they can qualify for it, because a lot of folks think that uh, you have to just be dirt poor to qualify for these programs. And that's not the case. It's just a matter of you need some assistance typically in order to get you where you need to go to qualify. And then, you know, as this show talks about, it's how do you protect your assets at the same time, which is just as important. So it's a two-pronged test. How do I get eligible? How do I protect my assets? That's what we do. Yeah. And there's so much misinformation out there that this is such a a great way to get a good overview of all these programs and you're not going to be able to beat the price as well. And again, that is... Well, the uh, seminar is free. Right. Right. (laughs) The seminar is free. And it's very educational. And I don't, I've never had anybody tell me that they were regretted that they came to the seminar. Every Everyone who comes, I think, uh, really gets a lot of good information that they appreciate. Yeah. Free seminar is always always good in my book. And again, that will be uh, Wednesday the 13th 
uh, at Independence Village in Raleigh. We'll talk about that more next week. Uh, we do ask that you register in advance. You can do that at WGALaw.com, and you can find more information about Bill there as well. And again, we will uh, be back here at 11 o'clock next Saturday morning, and we hope you will too. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.